What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Ladies and gentlemen, Rosterwatch Nation, welcome back to the epic Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by Rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert for the week 11 waiver wire edition of the podcast. Please, uh, the continual reminder, give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. Before you even go on, you can just pause the podcast, scroll down, and just click five stars. It'll take you five seconds, and it would mean the world to us if you appreciate this content. You want us to keep doing it. The way that we're going to know that you want us to keep doing it is by your ratings and your reviews. We put a lot of work into this stuff. And we would really, really appreciate it. You can find all of our content at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. That's where you can find this week's waiver wire cheat sheet along with all of the other stuff, the DFS stuff, the snap counts, the touches, the targets, the touchdown dependency tools, the matchup tool, the hyper DFS lineup generator. It really is a robust offering. How about we get started? There's a couple guys here at the very top. Um, Darius Geis and Brian Hill. What do you think? Uh, the definite... Big moves to be made these week this week with these two guys, uh, for sure. And while all the attention seems to surround Brian Hill right now, it you know really feels like it might be a sneaky spot for those who can't get Brian Hill to slide in on Darius Geis this week. Maybe out of sight, out of mind a little bit coming off the buy. That can a lot of times be a sneaky guy to get a sneaky time to get a valuable guy that maybe some of the others in your league have forgotten about and gotten swept up in. Uh, the most recent hysterical and fallout from injuries and, you know, waiver happenings around uh, your league. So uh, most teams are in desperate search of a big injection of life here down the stretch as the attrition of the season sets in and certainly far from guaranteed, uh, but um, enticing and appealing prospects and Darius Geis and Brian Hill to potentially fill that role, that late season role as a, you know, an upside flex for your, your fantasy team down the stretch. I think Brian Hill's an immediate guy and Darius guys is maybe still a little bit more of a playoff stash, uh, that could have pay dividends down the line. If they're willing to finally give him the workload, which is unclear. It may just be that we've got to wait until year three for guys at this point, it'll just could be a full blown committee with, you know, Peterson playing pretty well and Callahan just wanting to run the hell out of ball. But you kind of hope that Snyder who got his way with getting Haskins in here might get his way with, uh, getting another one of his young studs, uh, a lot of action here uh, down the stretch. So that team has a solid evaluation on what they have moving forward. And certainly they need to know what they have in a young stud like Darius guys. And let's not gloss over the fact that he is an unbelievably sick stud. And that's the only reason he's up here like this, you know, a, a healthy Darius guys projects to be an unbelievable NFL running back. 
So it is a probably, I don't think that the path for him opportunity-wise is quite as strong as what Brian Hills is because now with Brian Hill, it looks like, I mean, Devontae Freeman sneakily has been so injury-prone. He's been a little bit concussed, you know, concussion-prone. Um, but this is a sprain of the midfoot, right? Like a I mean, his career sprain. as a starter is about over. And it's just crazy. This is to his say. final year in the NFL as a starting lead running back, Devontae Freeman. You know, if we'd talked more dynasty this season, I think during the maybe the fantasy trade market, we would have talked this, you know, for several months now about just getting Devontae Freeman off our dynasty teams if we already had. And it might be too late now, man, but uh you know he's been he was a solid play this year and any the, the matter is the, that, yeah. but otherwise it was terrible man well but the fact of the matter is i'd have to look at his contract situation but i mean i do remember that dimitrov gave him a pretty good a pretty good contract he's one of the guys that they actually paid i mean um, they almost traded him to the lions at the deadline Either, even if they have to eat his contract any further you just cannot imagine he's his workload is going to continue to devolve it looks like they have a. It looks like Spot Track says that they have a potential a potential out here in 2020. Um, they'll have to eat six million in dead cap, though. God, he signed a five-year, forty-one million dollar contract with these guys starting back in 2017. So he's on the third year in that contract. The 2020 will be their first year out. I, yeah, I can't see them. It's just, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that they're going to want to be paying him $9.5 million over the course of his 28 and 29 age seasons with being owed $8.25 million in 2022 at age 30 before hitting unrestricted free agency in 2023. Um, but with that being said, do, if you're Devontae Freeman or you're the Falcons and your season is swirling down the toilet bowl, do you, I mean, you got a running back with a midfoot sprain. How much urgency was would there be to even bring this guy, you know, to really rush him back? That that's my worry as as you know somebody who you know putting myself in the shoes of somebody that owns Devonte Freeman, and it really to me, it, I think it makes Brian Hill possibly more interesting than Darius Geis as a pickup, not because certainly not because he's the type of runner that Darius Geis is, but just that, that God, it's like Dwayne Haskins looks so shitty. That offense looks like it's going nowhere. Callahan has shown that he likes to commit to Adrian Peterson. And, and I know that, you know, that's probably more of a commitment to the run in general than it is to Adrian Peterson, but that offensive line is in tatters compared to the way it is projected to be in previous years, not only because of injuries, but also due, I mean, I guess with Trent Williams, you can call that an injury. Um, I, I just see the Falcons, even though they're, the the season is going down the tube so much, you still, you know, they, they have good pieces on offense the, I don't expect to see the type of game that we saw versus New Orleans. You know, that was, was a complete anomaly that Atlanta would go in and win that game as 13.5-point favorites. But I do think they can stay in games and find themselves in games that are a lot more conducive to scoring. And you got Brian Hill. I mean, he only played 51% of snaps after Devontae got hurt, but he, he, had, he had 21 touches versus New Orleans. So, I mean, if you're getting that kind of volume and this kind of offense, even though the team is bad this year – 
I, I think I like I think I would prioritize Brian Hill as a waiver pickup over Darius Geis as much as I I can't believe I would. Be. I mean, here we are in, in the week year of our Lord twenty nineteen week seven week eleven. If I'd have told you before the season, Byron, we'd be talking about the waiver wire and we'd be talking about fucking Brian Hill and JD McKissick. I mean, would would you have even believed me? Yeah, we may need to go back in about six weeks and listen back to this soundbite. Why? Because we may go. I, there's a very good chance that six weeks from now, you look back and say, "What in the hell was I thinking?" Imploring people to pick up Brian Fucking Hill over Darius Guys. Well, I get it. I mean, well, fuck. I mean, well, fucking hey, let's hear your argument. You love? Do you love Dwayne Haskins? Do you love that offensive line? Do you love the fact that they seem to fucking love Adrian Peterson? There's nobody else in in, in Atlanta besides Kenyon Barner and Quadri Goddamn Allison. What the fuck are they going to do otherwise? I already I laid out my argument, and I basically agree with how the situation as you assessed it. I'm just saying, you, I mean, if you kind of zoom out, you really couldn't be surprised if looking back, you said, what was I thinking of a Brian Hill over Darius Geis? Just in the big picture context of things, as, as you know, as we've assessed all these players, that wouldn't be a huge surprise. I don't think you would think that would be a huge surprise from now. You know, I, what you're, what you're, you're making a logical recommendation. But I, I don't think you would be shocked to find out six weeks from now that it might be it sound a little bit preposterous in retrospect that people were so lathered up on a guy like Brian Hill <laughs> I'm not, over at Darius guys. It's a waiver wire pod. I'm just, I'm just I'm, ta- I'm not lathered up over either of these guys. I'm just I'm I'm saying if, like what I'm putting in my waiver priorities tonight. For one, Darius guys isn't available in any league that I play in. So that's just I mean he's he's available in 37 percent of leagues or he's available in 63% of leagues, none of the ones that I play in, because I play in leagues with savvy people who know that Darius Geis is sick, right? But even if Darius Geis was available, I, I, I think that Devontae Freeman is going to be out a while. I think that there's going to be much more scoring opportunities with the Atlanta offense. And I think that there's a clear path to more touches with a much, much shittier running back in Brian Hill then there are two, you know, good scoring situations, touches, and volume for Darius Geis in the year 2019. You were even saying yourself that this is this could end up being more of a dynasty play or a play that we see, you know, maybe by the time week 17 comes around or something and Adrian Peterson's hurt, you know, we, we might see one big game out of Geis. Or, you know, it could be that Geis comes in and plays like gangbusters, but, I, like, I have a hard time seeing that happening this week because Washington, well, I mean, I guess they, I guess they are at home versus the Jets. So, I mean, you can definitely run on those assholes. I mean, I tend um, to agree with all that. I'll just speak for myself and say that I won't be surprised if I look back and find out that Geis was the, the better pickup down the stretch. But I think you're splitting hairs. I think that's solid analysis. I mean, certainly it's night and day. Freeman's, you know, explosiveness has clearly been sapped over the course of his career by the injuries. And Brian Hill, at least in a small sample, looks like the much more explosive player. And I think barring a win this week for Atlanta, where they string two in a row against in the division against Saints and Panthers, I, I think that you're most likely right. They just take it slow with Freeman. If they get a win this week and he's able to play, maybe they get him back in the fold a little sooner than later and just for a late season run with everybody's job on the line. I'm, I'm not sure. Does Dimitrov, does tanking help Dimitrov? I mean, if no, he's got. He's going to get fired just like Quinn. Yeah. So, you know, if it's tanking helps Dimitrov, I could see him 
you know, throwing everybody else under the bus and trying to get that high pick and just staying in good graces and, 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 and beginning a rebuild but you know the reason probably the reason they didn't trade Devonte is because their jobs are on the line and they're trying to get some wins here down the stretch to prove they should stay they got a big win against the saints i, I think i but i mean you're you're on to something i mean I certainly believe that freeman is that team is very close to being completely out of it which would put freeman potentially on ice on at least you know substantially so i'd say that's probably true unless maybe they get a win this week maybe that could change that narrative a little bit but that's a big question mark so i think everything you're arguing makes sense i'm just personally saying i won't be surprised looking back and if i'm like oh duh darius guys was the guy i should have picked well i understand that i i get it but it's just i mean the other thing we didn't talk about is that they play Carolina for this. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it in passing, but I mean, we shouldn't mention Carolina on the matchup tool this week, the number four matchup for opposing runners coming into week 11. And when I just close my eyes and think about it, all I can think about is what Aaron Jones, three touchdowns, Tevin Coleman, what eight touchdowns, whatever he had in that one game. I mean, they've been, you know, as, as, as neat as that defense is in some ways, they have been carved up against opposing runners this, this year. And there's just, there's, there's nobody else in Atlanta. I just, I mean, Quadre Allison is so bad. We saw that dude in the preseason. I mean, he is fucking awful. You know, Kenyon Barner, how much can you expect out of him? I just, um, I think well, it's the good, good news options. is that people have options. two good options. Yeah. The good news, exactly. People have two good options, and some of it has to do with your situation. Are you going to play Brian Hill this week? Do you need Brian Hill, or do you need a stash? If you need a flex play this week, it's pretty clearly the pickup is Brian Hill. If you got a good team that's just trying to stash somebody that can help you in the playoff run, then I have no problem with you going after Darius Geis there. Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your, your balls – and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face. Oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut. Nick, cut, snag, you know, none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you, like who uses the same trimmer on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole? Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women – think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt. And 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like that comes from the business wire. So look, here's what we've found from the manscaped products. They have the new lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so all right. So now it trims at six thousand strokes per minute. That's up from four thousand strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from fifteen minutes on one charge all the way up to sixty minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you gotta do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They they give you this. Uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on, so it's easy to clean up. 
afterwards. And then you just kind of get this, this ball deodorant, this ball toner, just kind of get it rubbed around on there. You're going to be feeling silky and smooth before you know it. And you're not going to ever remember what it was like before you started using Manscaped. Alex, I couldn't believe it. Ever since I got my sample kit from Manscaped, my girlfriend from Dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me. For a sweaty Greek man like me, she absolutely loves the ball deodorant. And then the ball toner, so smooth and shiny and so tight, she's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. And also, man, that you know me, Alex. I got with Greeks. We got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower up top too. All right. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code rosterwatch at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering rosterwatch listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Rosterwatch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code Rosterwatch to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code Rosterwatch. I, I see that you've slotted. Um, I see that you've slotted. Uh, Jesus, I just, I'm, I've been trying to just get his name out of my mind. Kalen Balage, a little bit. <laughs> A little bit low, a good bit, significantly lower than these other guys, even though we saw an 82% snap count last week versus the Indianapolis Colts and 24 touches. He just, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast last week. He just looks like complete shit. I mean, like complete shit. One of the worst players I've ever seen. Yeah, it's hard to argue with. I think on paper, it's a decent matchup this week, I believe, back at home at Miami. Obviously got all the touches. That could change. Doesn't he get, in, doesn't in, he get in, Buffalo? Doesn't he get Buffalo? Let me just, let me just, I think it's the middle of the road for fantasy points allowed. I haven't looked at the matchup. Tool it is. Yet. Yeah, you're right. It's, 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 real, it's brutal for tight ends, brutal for wide receivers, but it's, it actually the matchup tool showing is a top 10 matchup for opposing runners. I mean, just based on volume, he has to still be on the sheet, right? So, I mean, you, no, if you need a flex so play next week, yeah. even you're in a deep competitive league and you have no other options, I mean, your hand is forced a little bit to consider a guy like that. He he obviously doesn't look good, but I, I'd say the, the field behind him at bargain basement waiver wire running back this week is very, very thin. So it's a little bit of a situation by default. He rises towards that top of that of that bargain heap and then you know to me when i look at that heap alex if we find out as we seem to be uh hearing as we're recording this pod that matt Breida could miss a little bit of time i certainly believe that could push a guy like raheem mustard especially if you need a one play week play up the sheet you know into or over a kalen and category and um and the other guy that catches my eye here is that if you're a leonard fournette owner it's time to think long and hard about finally picking up Ryquel Armstead and putting things on lockdown as we head down the stretch here. Looks like there's a there's a whole ton of these running backs here on the list. Go to rosterwatch.com to download the whole waiver wire cheat sheet. Uh, any of these guys you want to hit on before we move on to wide receiver? No, no, no. All I think right, it's so, really all about those top two guys at running back this week, Alex. I see you have uh, Debo Samuel and Kenny Stills in sort of a little tier here of their own i'm wondering why you didn't put darius slayton in that same tier is it just because once once sterling Shepard and and evan ingram come back his role uh presumes to be diminished because he really he really seems to have a great chemistry with um 
with Danny Dimes. And then the other question is, as far as Debo Samuel, I know he went off in the Monday night game, but you know, with Emmanuel Sanders going out of that game, getting injured, it seemed like that really had a lot to do with it. Uh, What what do you think about like this uh, Debo Samuel and Kenny Stills and how do you separate those two dudes out as far as the allocation of budget you're recommending? Um, Like how, why does Slayton not belong in that category? Well, you certainly could argue that he does. I've had him there for a minute. It's just he's got a buy this week. So with uh, a buy in front of him, I just believe that could put a little downward pressure on his uh, – basically his price tag in your, you know, in your league during waivers this week. If you think you need to spend a little more to go after Slayton, I'm fine with that. He, look, the wa- waiver wire wide receiver is getting very, very thin down the stretch here and we love Slayton. So if you want to bump him up, you could, I just think that most folks are in a situation where he's heading into a buy. It makes him a little bit more difficult to prioritize where, he, whereas you have a guy like Debo Samuel, Alex, who really is just beginning to emerge as you know, the prospect that we knew he was, it takes a little time for some of these guys. And, you know, if Emmanuel Sanders misses any time, you know, certainly that makes Debo Samuel, you know, a really viable play here in the short term future. And Kenny Stills, you know, I, you could, those guys could be in any order. If you want, if you like Kenny Stills more because Will Fuller's out for a while and the team's lost trust and Kiki Kutsi, I can, I can totally, you know, buy that. So to me, it's, kind of down to those two guys at the top of the heap for waiver wire wide receiver this week. Um, you know, you just, I think when it's Kenny stills, you always consider that it is Kenny stills. And even with an enriched opportunity yeah, at some point, you got to pick, you gotta pick the, player the, right that, game. the player that he is. You got to pick the right game, the right spot for that guy, you know, it's just, and then whenever he does get his opportunities, the one thing you can say about Kenny stills at every stop, he's been very efficient. You know, it's just it's just picking picking the spots. Another guy that has been just so efficient, and I'm wondering if we should move him up the cheat sheet because of it. Now that Patrick Mahomes is back, is McCole Hardman only owned in 27 percent of leagues. Once again, this fucking guy gets in the box. Um, he gets. I mean, I haven't looked at I haven't looked at the snap counts, but I'm guessing it was once again just a you know get McCole in there for whatever play. Yeah, 22% of snaps, one target, one touch, 63 yards and a touchdown. He's just uh, – it, doesn't it seem like they need to start involving him more? Doesn't it sure seem does. like they should be playing sure him does. above Demarcus Robinson? Sure does, but they got a lot of guys they like there. There's a lot to go around. So, you know, based on his production, I'd say that the Chiefs are probably pretty happy with however they've – used Hardman and what they've gotten out of him at this point. So, you know, me, I was hammering this a few weeks ago and, you know, basically your counter was that everything happened on only two touches. I'm still there with you on Miko Hardman. I like a piece of that offense. You know, you look this week, it's one, one touch, one big monster plays. He's, he's just a great fit in that offense. If you want a piece of Mahomes, he's a good way to get in in a competitive league. I mean, you can put him in a bind in your flex and, you know, hope for something good to happen. So, you know, I still look at him as a little bit of a hit or miss boom bust guy that I'm not going to go out of my way to overpay for. I don't think he belongs with the Debo Samuels and the Kenny Stills of the world. But, you know, just 
a notch or two below. I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you too can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid shouldn't we be talking shouldn't we get demarius thomas up a little bit more seems like he's just sapped everything that's happened with robbie anderson i mean robbie anderson hadn't done anything i know jameson crowder has been sort of okay but demarius thomas if you just look at i mean he's get he got nine targets last week and week nine i think he had um, so three targets in week nine, nine targets last week. Was it week eight? He had five targets. So over the course of the last three weeks, we're talking, what, 5.33 targets per game, um, playing about, you know, playing somewhere between 60 to um, 75% of the snaps. On a, I mean, on a bad offense, I get it. But I remember coming up this week, we just talked about the Jets earlier. Who do the who do the who do the Jets have? Oh, they get the Redskins. Redskins. So you know, good matchup there for uh, opposing wide receivers. Of course, what do you think about Demarius? I mean, I know he's old and he's dusty, but I mean, I just I I would certainly rather have him. I think than like Taylor Gabriel or some of these others. Well, I had him a few spots higher, but I anticipated you telling me that he was old and dusty, and so. <laughs> I think the guy, the handful of guys I have above them are guys who have been performing reasonably well lately also and, you know, maybe have a little more explosive upside or, uh, you know, not, you know, Taylor Gabriel can hit the big plays. He's been producing all right the last couple of weeks. I think Josh Reynolds showed himself okay this last week. A guy like Hunter Renfro the last couple of weeks in a PPR format. You know, looks like maybe he's emerging a little bit for the Raiders. I guess it's just, what do you think the trajectory of Demarius Thomas is? He do, he has been like a like a reliable low end PPR flex that won't wouldn't have screwed you the last few weeks. Just you know, I guess I wonder what his what his upside is a little bit. You, I certainly think you can make the argument to move him up three, four, you know, five spots on the sheet if if you wanted to. I was kind of interested to see what you thought about. Andy Isabella, you know, the volume. Well, that's the, I just, really, I, I just had him pulled up too. Only 37% of snaps. This but I think it's week. an increase. Is it not an increase? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's, it's been two weeks of, uh, you know, because if you remember in the San Francisco game, he got in for the big play as well. Uh, to only at 23 in that game, he only had the one target, the one touch, but for 83 or 88 yards and the touchdown on 23% of snaps, then come week 10, 
Uh, he goes for 37% of snaps. He gets targeted three times in that game. That offense seems to be coming together a little bit, right? Um, uh, it's a tough matchup this week versus San Francisco, but he did go for that 88-yarder against him the last time. I think that he's a fine pickup. He's another guy who it feels like, I don't know, it's, with the lack of – with. I mean, we're about to be in week 11 of the fantasy season. I mean, are we? what kind of lead do we need to be in before we really start feeling comfortable getting Andy Isabella into our lineups for fantasy? I mean, this guy seems like it's got to be a 14-teamer, right, until we see more. But I think he's probably a pretty good – you know, a decent upside stash if kind of, you know, if, if, if a low floor stash, I would say. I wouldn't be shocked to find out in our 12-team league that's competitive with super deep benches and a ton of roster spots if he were to be picked up this week as a speculative one. I think you're right. I mean, it's only a competitive pickup at this point in the, in the deepest of situations where, you, you know, you'd consider just stashing him. And then, you know, probably what you're thinking is, is that maybe – if this trend continues uh, his rise in the offense that by the end of the season or by your fantasy playoffs, if you're in a super, you know, deep format that he's a guy, you might be able to start thinking about sliding into your, you know, very last flex position or something, you know, that's basically think how you could look at it, but things are heading in a positive direction for Isabella and is an exciting young guy. So that's the part of the sheet where you ask, you look in the mirror and you ask yourself like, you know, do I want to speculate on a young, sick, exciting player who's on an upward trajectory or do I want to, you know, do I want to muddle around in this, these old dusty you know, veterans? Well, what about the, what now, now that I'm thinking about this, man, wh- what about to Marcus Robinson? Because if it's not going to be McCole Hardman stepping up, I mean, we saw five targets out of him. He played two thirds of snaps versus Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes is back. It's about time for those dudes to start making a big sort of stretch run here. Their, their defense is bad. They need to start asserting some things the Chiefs do on offense to get back to that dominant force that they were. And, you know, he's he's going to be no better than the fourth option there, of course. But even as the fourth option playing all those snaps, we've seen him be, you know, explosive before and have absolutely monster games. You know, if we're talking, he's only only 13% of leagues, I think – that if we're trying to get a more reliable and sustainable portion of the Patrick Mahomes offense onto our rosters and a dude that we'd like to feel a little bit more comfortable throwing in there as far as just having more playing time on the field with him, at least in the in the meantime, like in the interim, before anything happens with McCall Hardman. We, we need to think, it's like, is McCall Hardman only being used on these one or two plays a game because he's a rookie and he still hadn't figured anything out and Andy Reid's only kind of put these couple of packages in for him in practice? You know, maybe that's just the way it's going to be this year. And if that's the case, wouldn't Demarcus Robinson be somebody who we should be really interested in, at least as a bye week filler, or just a not as much of a stash, but just a guy. If we need a guy, you know, right now or in the coming weeks to match up play in good matchups with the Chiefs, I I I'd feel okay getting Demarcus Robinson in as my wide receiver three in a in a in a deep league due to bye week issues. So, so for those reasons, I. I mean, shouldn't we like maybe him more than like the James Washingtons of the world or you know, players like this? Yeah, you could. I I can buy that. I think you can make that argument. Just attaching yourself to Mahomes. Just the next question then is, you know, at, then you reach the decision point where you need to choose between Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman rest of season. 
Yeah, and I think that that argument comes down to: Are you a team that needs to have? Do you have? Uh, I mean, have you, have you been playing Golden Tate as your like wide receiver two or something like that? And now you, for this next week, you have to you know look and you know you need to start three wide receivers, and now you're even out your wide receiver two, so you have to backfill your wide receiver two spot with some crappy wide receiver three that you haven't liked really playing, and then you know all of a sudden you have a wide receiver three spot open. And who does KC play this week? Um, Chargers, I believe. Oh God, At Los Angeles. Yes, I, I mean that's what I. That's what I. I yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I can buy that. So if 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 you're in if you're in that kind of situation, I would pick Demarcus Robinson. If you're a winning you know fantasy team that is like you know seven and three and you're cruising into the playoffs or eight and two whatever. Um, you might already have something locked up as far as your playoff seating, then I think I would pick up McCole Hardman because I think the upside's higher. But I think in the meantime, before you know, McCole, before any sort of McCole Hardman hypothetical sort of takeover as that sort of fourth in the pecking order as far as the target share and the snap share there in that offense behind, you know, behind Tyreek Hill, Kelsey Watkins, there's still room for others. And, and I, I just I think that Demarcus Robinson is probably the guy who you'd want to have in the interim as more of a streamer and less of a stash, if that makes sense. Yeah, I find that to be rational. So it should probably go Robinson, Hardman, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so that's what we'll do. I'll move those guys up. Um Anything else on wide receivers before we move on to tight ends? No, that covers it. Some people still keep an eye on Nikhil Harry with the Patriots. I, I find that still to be unlikely, make much of a difference on your fantasy roster down the stretch. But maybe another guy to keep an eye on there. Who could you know could be a sneaky dude down the down the stretch here. What about tight ends? You have Kyle Rudolph here at the very top, but it, is, is Minnesota, they're either going into a bye or they're facing a real shitty matchup this week. Oh, yeah, they have Denver this week at home. Um, but we did see Kyle Rudolph definitely have one of his bigger, definitely his best game of the season so far. And uh, actually, he's been, if you look at it, man, he's had a, he's had a string of some pretty good games. Hasn't he put together a string of pretty good games here recently? Let me look and just Yeah, see. Kyle Rudolph's been good lately. Yeah, so, so is Kirk Cousins. Some of it could be because Thielen's been out. So Kyle Rudolph in week ten, he had the two touchdowns uh on four receptions, only fourteen yards, so it's not getting too much done organically. He had one touchdown on twenty three yards in week nine. In week eight, it was let's see. Kyle Rudolph. In week eight three for 17 so what's his snap count versus the rookie irv smith alex um they well, they play a bunch of oh week seven he had a touchdown too so basically since week seven he's had four touchdowns um one two three seven eight nine ten so he's, he's been averaging a touchdown a week for the last four weeks and his snap count so week seven was 75 percent kyle rudolph 56 percent Irv Smith, so they're obviously playing a lot of 12. 83% Kyle Rudolph, 64% Irv Smith. 77% Kyle Rudolph, 61% Irv Smith. Irv Smith actually out-targeted him in in week nine. 
And then uh, at week 10, Irv Smith out-targeted him again, but it was 78% Kyle Rudolph, 74% Irv Smith. They just are not playing. Um, they're not playing a third wide receiver right now. It's Dalvin Cook and it's Ola B.C. Johnson. Then they, I mean, they just don't want to play Laquan Treadwell for any more than 17% of snaps. And I would say there's a chance Thielen sits one more week this week uh, heading into the bye just to get that. Anytime you re-aggravate a hamstring, it tends to lead to a little bit of a prolonged absence. So maybe that creates it. Maybe Rudolph's just the guy in the end zone. It's risky. All these tight ends are risky. I'll tell you, probably my favorite tight end on the sheet right now is Ryan Griffin, Alex. That's crazy. What, how, how, how can it be Ryan Griffin? Because Chris Herndon Chris, is out. Yeah. I mean, is he, is, he, is he not coming back? Is he not even going to try and come back this next week? Doesn't look like it. I mean, it looks like he's out for a while, and at least during any relevant portion of the fantasy season. That he's continuing to would, just try. Isn't he continuing to just try all the time, to, but he keeps on getting setbacks? Or did, what do you get? Did he get hurt? Okay, so no, here's the new report, I guess, from overnight. Chris Herndon likely to submit significant time. So let me just look at this. Um, he will be out. So this is from this is from earlier. Manish Meadow on Twitter. Yeah, he's he'll be out a significant amount of time now with ribs. Huh. Guess I didn't catch it. Whenever that news dropped. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense about Ryan Griffin. I just figured it was going to be more of the same with Chris Herndon, where he's too banged up to play and he goes in, he can't fucking play, or he comes out of the game. I guess that this time it's just, um, this time it's a bigger deal. What about yeah. O.J. Howard? What about O.J. Howard? I mean, he, he was in a predictably all? decent spot this last week. I think you can pick him up if you're in a trouble, and he could have a better. Uh, better stretch here uh, at, in the, at the end of the season. But I, I wouldn't say that last week was predictable, and I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be indicative of much changing with O.J. Howard. It could. It's pure speculation. If you're in trouble, he's a guy you can pick up. I mean, if you ask me, I like Ryan Griffin more rest of the season. Well, any of these other tight ends you want to talk about or uh, you want to move on to quarterbacks and defenses? Yeah, I mean, Hollister's a guy heading into the bye that I used as kind of a breaking point. Uh, here to separate out, uh, you know, the kind of the various tight end targets here on this week's sheet. I think you have a list of guys that you can be interested in this week that a few of them, you know, have some upside rest of the season above Hollister. You know, Hollister would be up with that group if it weren't for the buy this week. But uh, with the buy, he comes down below those guys that fit a similar profile recently that can also be played this next week. And then he sits atop the kind of trash heap of tight ends uh that also have viability you know, just this next week in particular for teams in a desperation season so he's a little more he's obviously a stash uh because he's got the buy so if you if you need to go to a uh, somebody that you can play this week um hopefully you can get one of the guys above him but everybody else listed below him I think has some viability, you know, this week or has at least had viability recently. What about these uh what about these quarterbacks? It looks like you have Derek Carr here at the top of the heap. I think I was saw him earlier. Looks like he has Cincinnati this week. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Pretty good spot for Derek Carr. I can imagine 
John Gruden heating things up in the black hole in a home game against Cincinnati. That's a team he wants to get lathered up, get going, feeling good about themselves. I think that's one where he could uh, put his foot down on the gas pedal. Uh, and then what about what about defenses? And then after, just right before we do that, I want to ask you just a couple questions about um, players that you know people could be listening to this podcast and say, "All right, well, I've I know all of that. You know, that's all great. Thanks for telling me who to pick up, but who do I drop off my roster?" I just want to ask you about a couple guys where you are as far as whether or not you can drop them or not. All right. So, as far as defenses, you know what I mean. The Raiders clearly look like a great pickup this week, right? Yeah, and a thinner week uh, at defense. Oakland at home against Cincinnati is just an awesome spot. Isn't that Gunther's? Wouldn't that be some kind of Gunther revenge too? I hadn't even thought about <laughs> until just now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, that. That's a. That's a that's a man getting revenge on one crappy organ. Or I don't want to call them crappy organizations, but. Those organiz- those two organizations have not been run too well here in, in recent years, I don't think. Um, all right, let's talk about this just at the wide receiver position. Right now, can you drop Zach Paschal? Probably, if you need to. Seven targets last week, two receptions for 26 yards. You're fine with that? It just depends on who else you can pick up in lieu of him. But if you what need to drop some of that these guys, what about some of these guys like a Debo Samuel, I, mean, or, I would drop Pascal probably for Debo Samuel and Kenny Stills. No question. Uh, some of these guys that are also a little bit more, a little bit more owned. What about uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling with Alan Lazard's emergence? I, I'd rather have Kenny Stills than Valdez Scantling rest away. It's probably very, very close. Those two very similar players. Probably rather have Stills. How how long are you going to keep holding on to Brandon Cooks? Can you drop him? Yeah, if you need to. Uh, What about, let's say you own D.D. Westbrook with Nick Foles coming back. He's been been bad, but he's been hurt. you know, it's probably a bad time to drop him, I guess, coming off of the bye, right? Maybe, but if I have to drop D.D. Westbrook because I got to pick up a flex to win this week or some other guy I like to stash rest of the season, I'm not losing any sleep over that. We can drop Robbie Anderson at this point, can't we? At your own risk and peril, you can if you want to and if you need to. I also think at this point, like me, unless I develop a clear-cut option I'm in love with over him, I have no problem just playing him in my wide receiver three just rest of, every week, rest of season, and letting the chips fall how they may. He's still got a lot of good matchups left. Let's see. Can you drop – now just the running back position quickly. Can you drop – can you drop Chase Edmonds at this point? Of course. Can you drop Frank Gore at this point? Of course. Can you drop uh, – how about Peyton Barber? Yeah. How about Tariq Cohen? He got in the box this week. He's owning 57% of leagues. Yeah, he can be dropped. He gets crazy. Wouldn't you pick um, up Brian Hill, rest of season over Tariq Cohen? So that means, yes, he can be dropped. Would you pick up – or would you be willing to drop um, – 
Would you be willing to drop Rashad Penny at this point? Don't think so. Not if I'm a Carson owner. What if you're not a Carson owner? I would have tried to trade him to the Carson owner. I still would have <laughs> if my trade deadline hadn't elapsed. But if I had to, I'd drop him. You're not dropping Adrian Peterson, though, are you? Uh, if I needed to, I could. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I'm, maybe I'm not going out of my way. It feels like a very low-end flex that's going to rot on your bench and take up space the rest of the season. So it just depends on my situation, but... I don't think I'm really in wait and see mode on Adrian Peterson at this point. I mean, it's at this point you'd have to probably hope on another Darius guy setback for Peterson to be the type of player you felt good about putting in any week. And finally, what about Daryl Henderson? Can he be dropped? Yes, he can. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.